Yep. Okay. Or do I need to talk louder? All right. I saw Bill Bill Bavignoli leave already. So yeah, that that sets the tone perfectly. Yes. Well, uh, at the beginning um, of the lunch line in the school cafeteria, there was this bowl of apples, and right next to it was a sign that says, "Take only one. God is watching." And then toward the end of the line, there's this other bowl, and it's filled with brownies. And uh, as two of the students approached the bowl, one looked at the other and said, take all you want because God's watching the apples. So I think that we can all agree that it's likely that one brownie per person was the intention and that taking more than one would be considered disobedient. Today we're going to talk and we're going to explore what God requires of us in regard to obedience. And as always, I'm going to stick to my notes, particularly because the Lord has changed what it is he wants me to say. And this is the third version, and it was downloaded last night. So just bear with me, Father, I just need your help. Holy Spirit, would you give me the words to say? Help me to articulate correctly. And may we all have ears and hearts and minds that are wide open to receive what you have for us today. Next slide, please. So um, this is a short video of a song that's written and sung by Keith Green. If you've not heard Keith Green, he was a songwriter who was kind of like a John the Baptist uh, type ministry. His thing was calling believers to wake up, repent, and live a life that looked like what they said that they believed. And Keith Green made audiences squirm by saying things like, if you praise and worship Jesus with your mouth and your life does not praise and worship him, there's something wrong. Well, I can personally tell you his songs convict me when I listen to them. So let's take a listen together. And this, I've, I've pulled one off of YouTube, which has the lyrics, just in case you don't know the song and you can't hear the song or the words are too muffled. So this is not going to be a Bible study. And um, John Corcoran approached me this morning and said, you're not doing a Bible study. And I no, this is definitely not a Bible study. But you, there were two, two verses. So could you get to the next slide, please? And OK, just leave it right there. That's perfect. Um, so we, we have already read the content of John 14, 15 and John 15, 10 as the song was ending. Proverbs 21.3 was not shown, but it, I think it's important also. It says, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice for committed wrongs. And while we were able to read 1 Samuel 15.22, I think it's important to read 23 as well. So combined, they read, has the Lord as great a delight, and by the way, this is all in the Amplified version. That's why some of the guys at NCS Patterson call me Amplified. I see Doug back there. So um, all of this is in the Amplified version. Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. 
For rebellion is as serious as the sin of divination, fortune-telling, and disobedience is as serious as, as false religion and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you as king. Well, that pretty much says it all. Because, see, in when you flip back to verse 3 of that same chapter, the Lord was very clear. He instructed Saul to go strike Amalek, and quote here, and completely destroy everything that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Saul did his thing. He decided to do what Saul wanted to do rather than what the Lord instructed. And this resulted in the kingdom of Israel being taken from him. So we see there that Saul's disobedience resulted in a pretty horrible outcome for him. Note to self. Remember, when the Lord tells you to do something, it's important to do it. Next slide, please. And could you give me one click, please? Some of you are aware of parts of my story. Yeah, perfect. Um, which demonstrates the Lord's tremendous favor, despite some poor choices and decisions that I've made, especially in the first three decades of my life. I continue to make some extra ones along the way as well. I did, of course, do some things right, but who I am today is completely a result of God's favor and blessing. And even when I was not faithful, he was. And it's um, that great favor and blessing that enabled me to experience pretty incredible business success and now to help others as an executive coach and as a career coach. The success is and always has been about him and not about me and certainly not because of me. It was because of him. What I'm going to share with you today is a result of obedience to the Lord's direction on a missions trip and then again when traveling on business purposes. Could you give me a click? Thanks. The missions component of what I'll share took place because for the last 32 years, I've been part of Bethany Church, which is a 112-year-old church with multiple locations. But the key to the church is the heartbeat of missions. Click again, please. The business piece of this story occurred when I was part of an international organization with brick-and-mortar offices in 61 countries. And I had two roles simultaneously. One was to create and lead a qualitative research business here in the States. And the other was the commercial director for the whole business across all 61 countries. Next click, please. So today's discussion is an example of how our God puts things together behind the scenes, creating something amazing for us if we obey his directives. And in this case, I was the benefactor of tremendous blessings in multiple countries outside of the U.S. because I obeyed his direction. Next slide, please. So the story begins with missions. Bethany Church provides monthly support to 275 missionaries and also contributed financially to 200 additional missions projects, both globally and locally in 2022. And because of the church, so all told, the the total um, giving to missions was two million 
$252,000 last year. And because of the church's yearly commitment, the missions giving continues to grow. Missionaries, I'm telling you all this because missionaries visit Bethany a lot. And two of those missionaries who visited were someone I'll call JB, who at the time was based in Johannesburg, South Africa, and RJ, who was responsible for all Assembly of God missionaries in Asia at the time. And my wife and I, Linda and I, uh, we got to meet them both uh, and got to know them personally at Bethany Church. Next slide, please. Linda and I went to South Africa on a missions trip where we participated in a local pastor's conference. And the Lord used one of my giftings, which was to provide a word of knowledge to one of the local pastors in attendance. Now, that's a gift from the Lord that enables me to kind of read a person's mail and speak about their situation and what the future holds for them. It's not an audible voice that I hear. Sometimes uh, it's simply something that the Holy Spirit will impress on my brain, on my heart, um, and, um, and my mind. Um, and, uh, and sometimes he even provides like a visual and, and then helps me to understand what that represents for that individual in that particular individual's sure. life. As you might imagine, I get this, I'm in this foreign country, who am I to give this word of knowledge to this pastor, right? So do you obey or do you not obey? But I decided to be obedient. The pastor immediately began to weep because of the challenges that he had been facing, which were significant. And the word from the Lord filled him with hope and encouragement about the future. And for several days after the conference had ended, we participated in a crusade, which was held in Shushanguve Giant Stadium, which is located in Shushanguve, which is a suburb of Johannesburg. And one of the evenings, a local evangelist preached for about three hours, and hundreds of people gave their lives to Jesus. At a, a time of prayer ensued uh, for people that were sick and for hearing loss and um, for other hearing issues. So I'm up at the platform, I'm praying for this guy, and I put my hands on his ears and started to pray that the Lord would restore his hearing. And the guy just starts running. He just bolts away from me and he starts running through the crowd. And I'm I'm sure I had a look that was very puzzled and confused. And the gentleman that was standing next to him said, well, he's running all around because when he met with you, he was deaf. He's never been able to hear. But you prayed for him and now he can hear. And he's just excited and running all over the place. How awesome is our God, right? The man was healed of an inability to hear, and my heart was healed as well because I allowed the Lord to disrupt my thought process of people not getting healed when I prayed for them. So that evening, I was obedient to the Lord to pray for people when I really didn't even believe that the Lord would ever use me in that kind of uh, situation because my history was every time. Well, not every time, but many times when I prayed for people that were ill, they got more ill than they had been before I prayed, and some of them passed away. So uh, you can understand how I felt like, why am I praying for people here this evening? Then later that evening, 
I also was able to participate in casting demons out of a woman who had been levitating. I don't know about you, never saw anybody levitate before, but she was definitely levitating, growling, foaming at the mouth, flipping all around on the ground. And um, it was, and, and for quite a while. Um, and after intensive prayer, the demonic disappeared. The woman just kind of sat still, kind of sat up, brushed herself off, got up, fixed herself, and walked home. Just like that. Just like we read about in the Bible. How cool is that, right? Some trip. But that was not a... The first day when we had arrived in Johannesburg, RJ from Asia was there visiting with JB in Johannesburg. And we got to know them really well. And that leads me to the next part of my story. Next slide, please. Several months later, I'm in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia for a company business conference, which ended on Saturday morning. I remained in KL. I didn't go home because uh, at the conclusion, I was then starting Monday, I was going to be working with our, our team in Malaysia. And from there, I'd be going to other um, markets in Asia to work with our teams there. But it's Sunday morning, and I expected to be on my own. So I opened the phone book, and there's only two Assembly of God churches. I call the first one, they don't answer. I call the second one, they answer. Guess which one I went to? The second one. Get in a taxi. We drove for 75 minutes, no traffic. That's how far away the church was. I get to the church, and the driver says he's going to wait for me throughout the service. That's good, because... I'm screwed otherwise. I don't speak the language. And so upon my arrival, a number of people are asking me if I'm a certain person. They ask me in the parking lot. They ask me at the front door. They ask me when I'm seated in this huge sanctuary. There's probably 1,200 people in there. Someone comes over. Are, are you? I'm just thinking, wow, this person might must be Caucasian because nobody else was. And mm, probably pretty important, right? Well, worship was exceptional, and there was an impactful message preached by a visiting female American pastor. And uh, as the service was ending, during the time of worship, I'm just, you know, worshiping the Lord. Like, you know, you guys know how I worship. And I hear the voice of the Lord say, I want you to go worship up at the altar because I have something I want you to share with the pastor. And I am saying to the Lord, this is the way I, he and I, you know, I, I, I constantly have conversation with him. And it's not, again, it's not out audible voice kind of thing. And I'm saying, look, um, I don't look like any of these people. Can't you have somebody else do this? Well, anyway, I end up going down to the front. Now I'm worshiping in front of, literally in front of the pastor. And the whole time, I'm saying, Lord, could you have someone else please deliver this word to him? Anybody, right? Just not me. Well, at that time, to make matters worse, this guy comes over to me. I'm worshiping, and I feel this strong arm hand on my shoulder. It was kind of like his bodyguard and head of ministry who was sending me a little message like, don't mess with our pastor. Leave him alone. So um, I, I was a little bit nervous, as you might say. So worship ends. 
and I share with the pastor the message that the Lord gave me to tell him, and the guy immediately starts to weep because there have been tremendous challenges with the church, tremendous challenges in his own personal life, and um, and and uh, it was tears of joy because of the hope for the future that was that was really getting him. He's crying. The bodyguard's over here. I'm a little bit nervous now. What is going to happen? RJ pops out of nowhere, says, Steve Wolf, comes running over to me, gives me a big bear hug. And I go, big sigh of relief here. This dude is not going to take me out, right? Huh. So then the lady from the U.S. comes over to see who I am because I don't know her. She doesn't know me. The Lord gives me a word for her. RJ looks at her. She looks at RJ. He says, oh, that sounds about right. And I breathe another big sigh of relief. Right after that, the bodyguard comes over to me and says, so how did you get here? Well, taxi, is he waiting for you? Yes. Go tell him to leave. I will bring you um, to where you're going. Okay. I do that. Come back. And he doesn't show up for like 15 minutes. So I'm starting to get nervous. Like, how am I going to get back to where I'm going? He returns. He brings me to his minivan where his whole family is waiting, takes us to a beautiful restaurant. And um, it was an upscale restaurant. And the table was round like this, but the table was big. There were six of us. The whole top of the table was a Lazy Susan, which they brought at least 20 different dishes out for us to share. And I was just, I, I just couldn't believe what was going on. And I said to him, why, why are you doing all of this? And he said this, you are a guest from America and we want to honor you. Honor me, an unknown person. Well, I was unknown to them but I was certainly not unknown to our God. Only the Lord can orchestrate that. I was obedient and the Lord blessed me with a tremendous meal, fellowshipping with a wonderful man of God, good Christian brother and his entire family. Who else but the Lord could have knit this amazing series of events together? Think about it. From Bethany Church, Wyckoff, New Jersey, to Shushanguve, Giant Stadium, Shushanguve, South Africa, to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I was indeed the benefactor of his love, graciousness, kindness, and more. Next slide, please. So this was an example of allowing the Lord to also to bring people into our lives who we may never see again. They may affirm us, help us, or even give us a word of knowledge from the Lord. It shows that he is always working on our behalf, knitting together pieces of our lives to create a masterpiece, also known as our purpose, destiny, and the legacy that we're going to leave. And a critical point here is that when we make poor decisions or choices, like we all have, we can rest assured that the Lord is forgiving and he's faithful. All we need to do is ask him. One more quick story. I have a pastor friend who built a very successful church in New Jersey. 
weekly attendance was around 500 people. It started out with just maybe 10 or 20. He clearly heard after years of building this church from the Lord that he was to leave that church to become the senior pastor of a different church, which was located completely different part of New Jersey. And that church was on life support. I know that personally because Linda and I visited because we were excited to hear that he was going to be taking over this church. Yeah, what I saw, I was very dismayed. So I called my friend to share my observations and my concerns, to give him the big heads up like he didn't know, right? But he, and this is what he said to me, something that I will never forget. He said, Steve, I would rather be in the center of God's will than any place else. And that stuck with me. He was obedient to the Lord's direction. And then that church then grew to several hundred people before he retired. See, he was already retirement age, and he was like, Lord, you want me to do this? I'm, I'm going to do this. So how cool is that? So he left that second ministry in superb condition as well. How great is our God? Next slide, please. <clears throat> so some of us might be sitting here today thinking about how disobedient we have been over the years. No worries. We can ask the Lord to forgive us and repent, vowing not to repeat our disobedience. Second Corinthians 3.17 tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Notice it says there is freedom. It doesn't say there was freedom. And we need to, why, why is that? Because we need to let go of the past. We can't change it but we can focus on the future. And we need to forgive ourselves. I'll say that again. We need to forgive ourselves for times when we were not obedient to what the Lord was telling us to do. In Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our God loves us. He is for us. He hears our prayers. He's our provider, our protector, our deliverer, and he wants to give awesome gifts to his children. He is and always will be our waymaker, our refuge, our strength, and very present help in times of trouble. How can we possibly not be obedient to him? Next slide, please. So thank you for letting me share today. I've got some questions that you can talk about around your tables. Number one, discuss a time when the Lord wove together people, situations and or occurrences which created something wonderful and unexpected for you or someone else in your family. Number two, this one's a little more difficult. Share about a time when you felt that the Lord directed you to do something unusual, uncomfortable, or potentially embarrassing, but you chose not to do it. How'd that make you feel? Did you repent, ask the Lord to forgive you? Have you forgiven yourself? If no to either question, would you like to pray with the men at your table right now to do either? 
And then how did that experience where you didn't do what the Lord directed you help you? The next time you felt that the Lord was asking you to do something that was unusual, uncomfortable, or potentially embarrassing, were you obedient? We're going to have about 20 minutes to talk, discuss, and thank you. Appreciate your time.